Hey there, it's Dr. Sophia Satterwhite, founder and CEO of She Heals the World. I'm so happy that you are tuning in to today's episode to hear the top lifestyle and business tips from women entrepreneurs all around the globe. If you found this show helpful, be sure to share it with a friend. That's how our community grows. Today's guest is coming up next. Hey everybody, welcome to the She Heals the World talk show. So today I am super excited to have Jamie Rockers joining us. Jamie is a content creator over at Beauty Rocks. She's going to share her story to success and give us a little bit of background about what she does. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you. I would love for you to kind of explain to the audience a little bit about your business, your blog, your brand, and how you got started. Yes. I actually started out working in beauty PR. So I was working at a big global beauty brand in the public relations department. So I was working with a lot of content creators. And at the time, it was really up and coming because what, you know, we used to only focus on um, press from major magazines. And we'd, we'd, you know, we'd want to work with journalists. And at the time, bloggers and content creators were really up and coming. And so we started working with them. And at the time, I kind of like, I let the kind of the writing side go a little bit because um, I was more focused on my career in PR and but then I was like no I actually really um, love working with these creators I'm really inspired by what they do I love to get back into the writing aspect so I thought okay let me just start my own blog and I'll see what happens I'm already working in the beauty world I'm already you know yeah, I'm already here. So let me just start my own blog. So that's how I started my blog um, and my little corner of the internet. And I started literally from scratch, like because I already love beauty so much. Everything I had, I went out and I bought, you know, with my own money. I know it's like hard to say, hard to think these days when you think about creators, you know, we're mm. very lucky because we get so many products to try and test, which is a part of our jobs. Um, but at the, at the time, it was like, you know, yeah, you would just started from scratch. So I went out, bought all these products like that I really loved and just wrote about them. And that's how I started. And I started my little Instagram page, which, which grew and grew. And obviously, as you know, it's really hard to grow your following. So my following has been kind of built over the last and um, I probably seriously probably about four or five years but I started blogging about six years ago I think it was yeah in May 2014 so um yeah so that's how I got started what did you think you were going to be doing <laughs> once you graduated uh, I wanted to be a dermatologist which is really interesting because you know I obviously love all things skincare so um when I started Pepperdine I was actually went in as pre-med um and I um but what I didn't realize is how much I would hate like classes like chemistry and physics (laughs) and mathematics like I hated them all I wanted to do I loved my anatomy classes I thought they were really interesting I loved all of that stuff but I just couldn't get through those physics classes and for the first time in my life I'd always been like a straight A overachiever Um, Mm. and for the first time in my life I was getting C's in my in my courses and I was like this just and I'm not enjoying them you know at all so I was thinking is this really the right path because 
I'm going to have to be doing this for another like 15 years, you know, so I don't want to be miserable for 15 years going in through all these courses and that I don't really like. So, um, so I changed my focus and I changed, um, to actually a more of a communications path. So I was actually doing uh, film production. I thought, okay, let me go into a bit of creativity because I am, I, I think of myself as a creative, creative person. So that let, let's move away from that science-based, um, course and let's go for creativity and I loved my courses after that I was like oh my god this is so fun this is you know I'm you know being creative and obviously being at Pepperdine you you are living in Malibu so you're surrounded by celebrity homes Hollywood is nearby so I was interning at Universal Pictures and doing that whole um I, I and then I changed I wanted to be a casting director so I was like okay I'm going to be a casting director then at the very end of my university experience obviously I graduated and then someone came to speak at the university about their experiences in Japan so I was like oh maybe I need a buffer year you know in Europe they've got like a thing called the gap year where they can go and they can explore and they can you know they can just take a year out and explore their interests and travel and things I think it's such a good you know it's such a good concept because I think in the U.S. we're so you know, we go straight into work, you know, we're yeah. working, the working culture is very um, strong in the US, which is wonderful. And it's a great thing. Um, nothing bad about it. But I think you just kind of rushed into going into, you know, your field as soon as you graduate. And there's no time after that to explore, to find, you know, what you truly love, all of those things. Mm. So Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a year and I'm going to go to Japan. And actually that year turned into four years. So by that time, I'd kind of like moved on to like writing and like traveling. And, you know, they all yeah. kind of melded into each other. But I can mm-hmm. see now they were all kind of related, but they all took a very, they, you know, they t- it, was a, it wasn't a straight path. In your travels, were there things that you learned or any places that you enjoyed more than others as you kind of sought to find your way into your purpose right now? Absolutely. I think I needed those years of travel um, to really feel like I had kind of lived and I'd, I'd done that, you know, I'd done that travel and that, that those experiences and not even just, uh, oh, I took two weeks and went somewhere, but really travel like backpacking across China and things like you know things mm. taking the Trans-Siberian across my Mongolia and Russia things like real adventures like I really wanted to have real adventures before I went into my working world because I'd been such an overachiever up until the point of kind of taking those years off to travel and experience experience other cultures and living abroad and things like that I've been such an overachiever and focused on working studying you know, all of that stuff. And I knew that as soon as I went back to that focus, I'd be focused on that. So I really wanted those years to do that. And, and travel is such a big part of what I, you know, I, I I feel alive when I travel, to be honest with you, that's, Mm -hmm. that's when I feel most alive. And unfortunately with COVID obviously it's it's, so yeah so I definitely learned I learned that you know obviously I've learned so much about other cultures other people languages which has been so beneficial to me now especially living in London which is a very multicultural um, environment so I think yeah absolutely it helped me and it also made me a better balanced person I think in the end as well. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so at one point, at, at, at some time, your business kind of had to shift and become profitable, at least to support yeah. your lifestyle. And so what hurdles did you overcome as you were traveling and getting settled in a new place and also balancing building a new business? I can imagine that for most people, that would be so scary. Um, and yeah. so what was that like for you? <laughs> It is scary. Yeah, it's scary. I think arriving to a new place and being like, okay, now I have to find a job or get settled in and move to a new place, get new, make new friends, all of those things. I think for, um, in terms of finances, um, to fund all my travels, I was always really good at saving money. So all the money, because I, I, I worked, I worked and then traveled kind of. So I, mm-hmm. I did it in that way. And I think um, that was good because I could work and save while still being in another country, still experiencing experiencing all those different and amazing things and then um when I got to the UK I actually worked because I worked in beauty PR for such a long time I actually because my um my blog and my content creation business are all were were all my side hustle now they're my full hustle but um Mm -hmm. it was my side hustle for such a long time and I think a lot of people don't realize that is that I think if people landed on my page now they'd think oh she's just landed that but that is years of like hustling like a full-time job plus this side hustle and working so many hours over the weekend giving up things to Mm. try and build my platform and my blog and working late hours and you know you do make a lot of sacrifices because it's kind of like your baby um, and you love it so you want to feed it you know so I think um yeah with finances I worked for so long and then when I finally felt like right I'm getting enough brand collaborations now I'm getting enough I'm like making enough money from like affiliate links or you know whatever there's all there's I always think if you're in a business you should have little pots you know like you've got little streams of income that if one goes then you're still safe because you've got a couple more so I think for me that is obviously brand collaborations are a very big part of my income the other income is that I do help other um, brands with their social media as well so whether that is content creation for their own platform or even running their own their Instagram or doing strategy around Instagram so that is another stream of income for me so I think having those little streams when you're your own boss is really important hmm. And you also mentioned and thank you so much for sharing that, because I agree with you. I think a lot of women sometimes and, and men probably too feel this tremendous amount of guilt when they realize that they have to either stay at their job or get a second job or work a full time job and have their business be their side hustle in order for it to eventually get to a place where it can be their full time gig. And, you know, between our conversation and a lot of other folks who have come on here, I think the message consistently has been it's okay. Give yourself permission if you need to stay in that nine to five that I know can feel so grueling. (laughs) You got to do it to get to your purpose, to get to your passion, to be able to do what you really want to do. And that will help to give you time to do it without all of the stress of having to figure out how to make money super fast in your business when your business may not be ready for that yet. So I love that you gave us the behind the scenes and and kind of reinforce that it's okay to work while you are building your business. 
Absolutely. And I was exhausted. You know, at, there was many points in the whole journey of having that full time job and having that side hustle where I was just exhausted. But I just kept going. And yes, I, you know, it's important to rest and all those things. You know, I don't want people to exhaust themselves. But yeah. You know, sometimes you just, you know, that's things that you don't see all the time. Like on Instagram, you don't see someone's exhaustion and someone's hard work. You know, you see the end result, but you don't see mm-hmm. what all what all the things that they're juggling to get there, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense. Total sense. So I want to dig into building your beauty brand on Instagram and, and let's kind of keep it general with building a beauty brand on Instagram, period. One thing that you mentioned in the beginning was that you first started with just buying products, like buying products, yes. blogging about the products, reviewing them, kind of earning your stripes yeah. as a voice in the field. And so at what point did you feel like, okay, I've been doing this long enough, I need to get paid now? <laughs> yeah. So what happened is that, um, because I worked on the PR side, that actually helped me because I realized, okay, I need to make contacts with other PRs of, of other brands, you know, of, you know, from a content creator perspective, mm-hmm. I need to actually network. So that is a huge part of the job is networking and building relationships with other people. So not only other content creators, but also people from brands to content and um, PRs from the brands. So, um, once I started doing that, how I did that is I went to a lot of industry events. I went to lots of talks. I went to magazine events, even where you had to pay for your own ticket. And then you went and then you could meet all these people, other and um, meeting other bloggers as well, who would be like, oh, let me introduce you to this person from this brand. It was all about it was all about the networking. So I think then obviously the products came in and more and more products came in and the contacts got better and better and I, then I was working with brands that I really loved and then I think as well part of it was um, an acceptance from brands because I started when it was still kind of I don't know people were still like I'm not sure exactly how this works you know mm-hmm. how who are these people and how does this relationship work whereas now it's it's you know much more respected and and you know it's it's even um regulated you know by advertising standards agency and things like that so it's a regulated industry now and it's um you know people can actually put it on their cv that they did that that's what they do and no one's shocked anymore so I think mm-hmm. now it's, it's it was also a, um, a side of, of the brands accepting okay actually these people do work and it, it does take a lot of effort to create this content and to build the audience as well so I think when you think about it all the time that goes into maintaining your audience and talking to them and you know you want to talk to them you want to um, build your audience and um, you know, that that does take a lot of time. So that's kind of how the brand started realizing, actually, there's a real value to this. So um, that's when the money started coming in is when brands, I think, it, yeah, both sides, brands started realizing the value and also the content creators started to realize their value as well. So it was kind of both sides met in the middle. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you mentioned these industry events, and I have heard that before, and I'm sure a lot of folks are wondering, like, do you have any cheats since you're in the PR space on where to go to find these events that bloggers and brands and magazines and product people go to so that you can network? I mean, during COVID, obviously, nobody's really yeah. going anywhere, but there may be virtual things that they can hop on in lieu of the in-person events. Do you have any cheats there? Absolutely. So I used to um, like follow all the big magazines like Glamour, Cosmopolitan, all the all Vogue, all of them. And I would be on their website, on their Instagram, seeing what kind of virtual events. Well, now virtual, but then it was like face to face. But like any mm-hmm. events that they were doing, any big beauty conferences as well. There was quite a lot of them in London. I like Glamour would hold a big beauty festival and there were loads of them. So I think going to all this obviously attended buying a ticket attending and then going around to all the different stands where the brands were at and even it's important to have a business card as well even as a content creator you know you need to have a card with all your contact all your social channels so I would have little tiny business cards whereas if I started to chat with someone and they were like what do you do etc etc and it got to that point I would hand them the business card and leave it with them to then decide do we want to contact her? Is she the right match for us, et cetera, et cetera. And that's another way I I found that I made really good contacts Um, and also reaching out in your local area. So obviously each city will have like, um people um you know little groups of people from like there'll be London bloggers there'll be New York bloggers and even looking at hashtags because for me because I'm based in London I obviously always use like the London bloggers hashtag or the London blogger or London content creatives hashtag and you can discover people just from looking up hashtags and maybe you'll follow them you'll love their content and soon you'll be virtual friends and then you've learned so much about the industry that way as well. And I think the hashtag thing is especially helpful because it's one of those things where you don't really have to do much. It's effortless. You just put the hashtag into Instagram, put on your notifications and boom, you just get stuff in your feed. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you could even be from a smaller city and do that. You know, you you don't have to be or near a big city. You know, if you don't live in a city, you might be near to a big city. And maybe you can look up the hashtag from the city that's close to you where you know there's more content creatives um, in that area. I just, yeah, I think that Mm. you can definitely find people that way and become online friends with people. Yes, yes. And I want to piggyback on that with the whole looking in different cities, because during COVID, I think the beautiful thing is that, like you said, you don't have to live near a city now even to attend an event because all Mm, of the events are virtual. So you don't have to worry about a pricey plane ticket to Paris or London or New York over here or L.A. You can Google it. You can follow some hashtags and see what's happening in those areas or in those chapters and then attend virtually. I love that hack. That is a game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Check hashtags. They (laughs) will help you. (laughs) Yes. 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 (laughs) So you mentioned... um, finding uh, beauty brands and then working with them and kind of introducing yourself with some kind of business card or um, a media packet 
or yeah. even sharing, you know, just having a conversation and sharing some of your socials. Did you find that it was really hard to get the actual yes once you started that introduction? Like how many brands did you need to speak with before somebody was actually like, okay, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to send you some free products and, and or I'm going to pay you to sponsor this post. Go. <laughs> I think actually, I think if you're creating good content and you've got an audience that is receptive to what you're creating and you've got a good relationship with your audience, you're, you're, authentic, you're an authentic person, you know, I think most brands will be happy to work with people because I think they can tell now. Do you know what I mean? They know when you've got a audience who's engaged, they know, you know, they, they can, they can check you and, and they can see. So I think as long as you have the audience and you've, and and it doesn't have to be a big audience. I see people on Instagram with like 2000 or 3000 followers who are doing amazing they create their content is insane they're Mm. creating incredible content they're working with amazing brands who are paying them for their work and so I think you don't have to have a huge amount of followers I think it again it goes back to what kind of content are you creating and is your audience engaged Mm -hmm. so good so with that I want us to turn some gears on to talking about your audience and building an audience. I would love to squeeze this in with some, maybe some final tips that you may have around this area, because I'm quite sure everybody's thinking like, okay, great. If I, if I'm lucky enough to meet these brands, I can't grow an audience on Instagram. It's so hard, or I'm just learning TikTok. And so I'm wondering for you, I, by the way, have just gotten on TikTok and I'm loving it. I don't even know how my audience grew so fast, but it just like took off overnight. It's so good. It's it's growing so much faster than um, I feel like Instagram did, but I feel Instagram is still the the queen for for lack of a better word. So do you have any tips for folks on how to build an Instagram following today? Um, I think if you identify, I think you have to identify what you would be happy to talk about for free. I think start there. Do you know what I mean? Because eventually you might get paid. But for me, it was a long time before I got paid for anything. So I think um, it doesn't, I think now, I think it's the, the industry's changed. So it will happen sooner now for people going into it now. Whereas before I went to into it and people were like, who are these people? You know, it was still up and coming. So, but now people, you know, brands expect to have budgets to pay creators for their content. You know, they, they know what, you know, how it all works. So I think um, as long as you think about what, what do you want to talk about and what would you be happy to talk about for free? What do you love? You know, whether that's baking or nature or travel or fashion, is it, a you know, and then people do talk about niches a lot. And I do think niche content obviously performs amazingly because you've got the audience who's so, um, you know, engaged with that niche. But for me, I'm I I consider myself I'm um, mostly beauty, but I am a lifestyle blogger as well. So I do talk about travel sometimes. I do talk not now, but I do talk about mm-hmm. fashion. I do talk about well being. I do talk about the things that interest me, and um, so you can do that as well. I think so many people say no, you have to have a niche, and yes, niches are wonderful, but you don't have to. So Mm. I think it's just how you people like people's 
personalities you know as well yeah. so it, you know it's yeah. not always you know okay a niche but then you can have someone who's like an, an amazing personality that people are just interested in being inspired by maybe they're going to a new play you know on a travel on a trip and they've got this amazing new sustainable fashion brand that they're working with you know there's lots of things people could be interested in so I think start just start and practice as well practice taking photos because it does photos photos do matter I mean they do matter um so I think yeah practice photography um, but mm-hmm. you can have an iPhone do you know what I mean I mean it's some of my best performing photos are taken on iPhone yes Yes, it is really accessible. And I think, you know, the beautiful thing about social media is sometimes when something looks too produced, it actually may turn people off because they love the authentic kind of posting. And I think people miss and crave that almost. Um, I have been seeing a lot of like research coming out comparing a super produced photo, uh, you know, versus like just a selfie shot and the selfie shot got like more likes and shares than, you know, the produced photo because people are craving regular everyday people. So I think there's something there for everyone. And like you said, I think the most important thing is finding what you're passionate about. If you're passionate about beauty, talking about that authentically. If you're passionate about baking, go for it. But find what you love and just start talking about it and your people will find you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because if you start talking about something that you, you know, you for you're forcing yourself into because you think it looks you think you might want to get into it like say you love beauty but you think you should be a fashion creator but you're not that into fashion it's just not going to work out in the end because I think people will be able to see through your writing skills and you know they'll Mm -hmm. be able to see through that you're not really passionate about fashion you really love beauty or whatever it is or vice versa so I think yeah um people will definitely be able to tell so I think think about the things that you're really interested in you'd be happy to chat with a friend too Super helpful tips, Jamie. I would love to know, what are you proud of with your brand? Like, what has been some of your greatest accomplishments in this business? I think there have been a few things that um, literally I was, like, pinching myself because I couldn't believe that it had happened because of my work or my blog or whatever I had done to kind of get to that place. There was... I mean, most of my amazing experiences have come from like press trips with different brands or with tourism boards. Um, For example, I went to Malawi in Africa for a week with the tourism board. It was amazing on safari. I mean, it just some of these things you're just like pinching yourself or like a red Mm. carpet with um, MAC Cosmetics for like the premiere of um, Maleficent and Angelina Jolie is like, you know, a few feet away it's you know these kinds of things that you can't put money on because they're priceless or I did a campaign as well with Dior um which I actually was on a work trip to Australia that I shot in Australia and I just was at the time thinking oh my god this is just so surreal I can't even believe it so there's certain I think a lot of them are experience-based I would never say oh my gosh it this product made me so happy it was all about experiences and the people that I was with at the time 
Mm, well, you are doing such amazing work. I love your blog. I love your Insta. I love everything that you have on there. And I just hope that you continue to get the recognition that you deserve. If you oh, could look back and give your 10-year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? This is a one thing I actually don't have any regret. I think I did the right thing with in terms of like the travel and all of that stuff. Maybe I would just tell myself like don't worry too much because sometimes I can tend to worry about the small details and I think you learn that as you age as well. You kind of learn to let go of a few things and you know there's certain things that are less important than others you know in the beginning for me maybe it was like oh I'm not getting enough like I'm not getting enough likes on this post or my engagement is down or you know worrying about a lot of that kind of stuff at the beginning um and still to this day I still of course worry about that kind of stuff but it's less so than before you know whereas before you'd be almost consumed by it like oh my god this post has failed what's wrong now it's like it's up and down it's okay you know so I think probably I would tell myself that don't stress too much over like the small details and let yourself enjoy a little bit more Mm, ease up ease up yes yes Yes. how can our audience find and support you oh that's so sweet um so my instagram is at beauty rocks blog so beauty and then r-o-c-k-s blog because my last name is actually rocker so i just put them all together because i just thought oh it's just easier that way because <laughs> a lot of people say where is your where what, what does this name mean i just thought this is something i i created like six years ago off the top of my head so but yeah i just kept it the, the whole time so but yeah and, and my blog Brilliant. is called beauty rocks as well so if you just google beauty rocks blog it will pop up Beautiful. Jamie, thanks so much for coming on the show, and I can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your time as well. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S. To learn more about how to live your life by design, grab a freebie at sheheelstheworld.com forward slash freebie.